Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. And this is your daily financial news. Real quick thing I need to do up front. I normally do this at the end, but I have actually forgotten two days in a row. So let's congratulate some people that follow one rental at a time and are doing the work. Lorena, congratulations. Lewis, congratulations. And Corey, congratulations. Your cards will be going out in the mail. Folks, if you're watching my channel and you get your first rental, first house hack, buy a home, whatever it is, if I help you in any way, please let me know. I will mail you one of these cards and uh, we will count you. Uh, This is something I do for myself just to say, hey, what am I doing every day? Am I helping people or not? So Lorena, Lewis, and Corey, your cards go out today. So folks, when we look at the daily financial news today, there's lots of stuff going on. Next week, we get a lot more earnings in retail, everybody from Dollar General uh, to the like. So we will see what's going on with the consumer. We will see if more and more retailers pull back their second half forecast. We also have the Fed Jackson Hole meeting, which kicks off Thursday, which should be very interesting and probably noteworthy. But let's just get into it. Let's start with Zoom Towns. If you've been watching my channel for any length of time, you know that I have picked Boise as that first town to kind of feel it. Uh, we interviewed the chief economist of Boise, uh, gosh, when was that? Six, nine months ago. Uh, but it looks like that, uh, that town is starting to crack a little bit. Uh, last I saw, 61% of listings have had price cuts. Demand is shrinking. Days on market is growing. Again, it was it was kind of easy to pick, right? You had all these folks moving in a very short window. You then had a very rough winter. If you talk to the folks in Boise, it was a winter uh, like few others. And now people are hopscotching probably to warmer areas. So again, Boise, Will Boise, this is the question, will Boise show year-on-year price declines this year? It might. They really might show negative price appreciation in December. It's uh, it's out there. It is possible. If not, probably Q1 of next year. But it's going to be that first town uh, likely to crack. Uh, Next up, we have... Oh, this was interesting. I kind of added it here because I didn't know where else to put it. Got this from John Burns, real estate consulting. Again, if you're not following John Burns on Twitter, you are missing out. They put out a chart yesterday about new home builders, which I thought was very interesting. It was kind of subtle, but yet very interesting. In the chart, you will see how many first-time home sales versus move-up buyers per community. Remember, builders are pulling back. Builders are clearly pulling back. But when you look at this chart, I have the numbers here. First time home buyers are selling or communities are selling two homes 
technically 2.38 homes. I'm not sure how you sell a third of a home, but okay. 2.38 homes per community per month. That's interesting, right? Move up. Move up is much worse. Move up is 1.72 homes per community per month. What is very interesting is if you step back and look at builders, I think you probably know this, but what are builders at least going into this environment most likely to build? A first-time homebuyer home or a move-up home? I don't think it would surprise any of us at all to realize that the predominant or the majority of new home construction was for move up buyers. That's just where the profit is, right? It is hard to make a profit selling to first time home buyers. This is the environment we're in today. This is the environment where builders will discount. Again, builders are no different than Walmart and Target. They have too much inventory on the shelf. They need to discount what's on the shelf to make room for the next seasons. Here's the question. Will we see builders pivot? Will they pivot, you know, March, April, May, somewhere in there to more first-time home buyer? That's one option. Because right now the move up buyer, the move up market is broken, right? We've talked about that a bunch. The Fed broke housing. All the first-time home buyers are stuck. John Burns says 73% of homeowners have 4% or less. They're not moving. Thus, no move up. So will builders pivot once they finish existing work in process to first-time homebuyer homes? Clearly, the demand is stronger. We just shared with you 2.38 versus 1.7. Or, or will they pivot to multifamily? That is something we saw in the builder's report last week. First-time homebuyer homes were down to like 900,000, if I remember. But multifamily was up. Do they do rentals? Do builders focus on satisfying rental demand? Or three, do they focus on filling Wall Street's appetite for homes? Think about it. We talked about build for rent last year. Could build for rent be something that builders focus on for a year or two, waiting for the housing market to become unbroken. Home builders, we need to watch. I think it is very obvious that they will pivot away from move up. It is not profitable. Too much standing inventory, having to discount. Do they go first time home buyer? Do they go multifamily or do they go uh, Wall Street and build for rent? It's going to be fun to watch. The pivot's probably, I don't know, six months away because they got a, they have a little bit of lead lag time. But it's going to be something to watch. Just so you know, these numbers I gave you, first-time homebuyer 2.38 and move up 1.72, they peaked in May, or I'm sorry, in January of 2021. So about, I don't know, 18 months ago. Uh, first-time homebuyers were selling five homes per community. And move-up buyers were over four. So again, both have been whacked by 50%. Phoenix inventory. Again, one of the things that I am tracking is inventory. 
Inventory is still, I think, 1.32. We need to get it higher. I don't think there's anybody that would argue higher. Some people think 1.5. Some people think 1.9. Who knows? 1.32 is not enough. But Phoenix. Phoenix inventory as of the end of July was 14,095. This, again, is according to Realtor.com. Just so you know, at the, at the end of 2019, inventory was only 13,000. So we are already above 19. 2018 was 14,142. So you're about 47 homes shy of your 2018 peak. And then just for grants, 2017 peaked at 15,975. So about I don't know, what do you want to call that? 2,000 short of 2017 peak. A couple of things to remember about Phoenix. And I think it was John Wake. John Wake, somebody we interviewed on this channel. He pointed out that Open Door at the time had 1,800 listings, if memory serves. Folks, that's more than 10% of active listings. Open Door has a problem. They bought too much stuff. They did bad jobs. And now they're selling them for too much. Open door, they have to figure it out. Selling one at a time, not working. They need to either call up Wall Street and sell everything. Like, hey, buy my Phoenix community. Or two, become landlords. Something. This model is clearly not working. Again, Phoenix coming back. And we saw uh, Brian Lebo talk about Vegas uh, a lot recently as well. CFO survey. CNBC does a CFO survey once a month. Generally speaking, having read the CFO survey for the last decade or so, CFOs are generally negative. They skew negative, conservative. They're they're scaredy cats, right? That's generally speaking. But what they are talking about is, first off, every single CFO sees a recession in the future. In the near future, the predominant guess is Q1, Q2 of next year. The biggest risk to their company earnings is inflation, whether that be supply chain commodities, but a lot of CFOs are talking about wage inflation. More on wage inflation in a minute. 23% or about a quarter or one in four actually highlighted a Fed mistake. I think it's pretty interesting that public company CFOs, one-fourth of them are worried about a Fed policy mistake. Lastly, more than half of the CFOs thought the 10-year note could be near 4% by the end of this year. That's that's up there. 72% of CFOs are looking to consolidate or reduce their real estate footprint. Think about that. 72%, three out of four, are looking to reduce their office footprint. That is a a market that is going to see a lot of discounts, right? I think we talked about Craigslist having an office building in San Francisco yesterday that's 72% vacant, and they just dropped the price 40%. You can't service your debt if the office is 72% vacant. It is not good. I read an article about a young man who retired at 35. He retired at 35 with $900,000 in his trading account. 
Uh, he had seven rules I thought were thought-provoking, so I thought I would share them with you and we could discuss them. Uh, number one, I thought this was really cool. Company loyalty will make you poor. Company loyalty will make you poor. What he's basically highlighting there, and did I write his name down? I did. His name is Steve Adcock, A-D-C-O-C-K. Uh, Steve Adcock, CNBC, make it. Company loyalty will make you poor. Basically, changing jobs, changing employers gets you a big bump. As a hiring manager for many, many years, I could tell you that when you hire someone from a competitor, you pay more. Number two, most millionaires are self-made. In fact, the eight or nine millionaires that we interview every week on this channel for you, all of them have been self-made from nothing. We have high school dropouts. We have single dads making 17 bucks an hour. We have moms that house hack fourplexes to get their journey started. Millionaires are self-made. Most millionaires are self-made. Number three, your life partner can hurt or help your future, financial future. I cannot tell you how lucky I am to have picked had Olivia pick me, whatever the right verbiage is. We, we have clicked since the beginning. We still click today. And it is because of that strength that we were able to do what we did. You know, divorces are expensive. Divorces are expensive. Number four, you do not need to hustle 24-7. I thought that was pretty interesting, especially in today's age of hustle porn. Number five, growing up poor does not mean you can't build wealth. Again, I would challenge you to listen to the millionaires on this channel. We have a ninth grade dropout. We have somebody who started with almost $90,000 in debt. We have a military veteran who started his own company building decks. We have a section eight. Um, she was uh, raised in section eight housing. These are people uh, that prove you don't have to come from something to build wealth. Number six, prestigious degrees do not guarantee wealth. Couldn't agree more. And then your passion does not pay the bills. In this case, Steve Adcock, his passion was photography. But what did he do? He went out and got a software degree, wrote code, hustled, saved, lived below his means, invested in the stock market, then retired, and now is following his passion. So again, I thought that was really well done. Folks. July, not July. Where did July come from? August 21st, Sunday. I hope you have an amazing day. We'll be back at it tomorrow, Monday, uh, for the daily financial news. Bye.